You've forgotten the boy who talked to badgers. Alexa, what time is it? That's right. It's time for another episode of Let's Rewatch. <laughs> Terrible. And uh, I'm very curious to see how many people's Alexas just went off just now. <laughs> this, of course, is the show where we like to watch all the movies that we loved in our youth and see if they're actually still any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. I'm- oh, nope. He got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ash. Okay, Google. <laughs> That's Bryce. And we are joined by a guest. His name is Mike Polinski. Welcome to the show. Howdy, howdy. So, Mike, you are a storyboard artist. On, and writer on uh, Mighty Magiswords, which has premiered on Card Network just a few months ago. Okay. And I also have a Tumblr or Instagram if you want to see all the wacky, silly stuff I draw. Um, I've also done a fan cartoon just for fun, Batman versus Superman in Flying Lessons. You can see that on YouTube anytime. Excellent. So you, you're working in the industry. You're part of the filmmaking process. Why, well, yes. Well, in a loose sense, yeah. I've learned so much about filmmaking in the past several months, and I used to not think about where to put the camera really, and now I'm re- I feel like I'm really getting grilled hard, which is good. I'm, I mean, it's super important. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah. But you know, we can't do a lot of flashy shots, which is what we're gonna, probably going to see in this movie. So yeah, okay, maybe <laughs> some limitations technologically. So I think we probably will have a little bit to talk about the art of storyboarding as we talk about this movie which is Tony Scott's movie from 1991, The Last Boy Scout. Um, And I say that because I know that Ridley Scott is super, super famous for meticulous storyboards. Is Tony Scott on the same page? Is he like super storyboard guy? Or do we even know? Having not seen uh, the uh, scandalous though it may be, Top Gun or True Romance, I have no clue. (laughs) You have never seen either of those movies? Nay. Let's oh my god. Time yeah, true romance is great. I still haven't seen True Romance. Oh wow. But True Romance is great, you guys. <laughs> I've heard Brett wants me to watch it really bad. It's like yeah, on our that, list. That one's got to be on the list. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't... saw it and I liked it, but I don't remember anything about it. Mm. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> that true bodes romance. real well for our podcast. <laughs> true Romance I think would be really interesting. I mean a movie written by Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott. That's yeah. I mean, I remember it being good, but it just like I don't. I have no memory of the film yeah. whatsoever. So I don't know. I don't know that there's much to talk about when it comes to storyboarding. And maybe as we watch the movie, we might get some like feeling of you know how storyboards may have translated into the filmed image. Um, I'm just. I I always think of when I think of storyboards, I think of Ridley Scott. Like he's the guy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Alien was meticulously storyboarded so that they, you know, they wouldn't waste a dime. And I think they may have published books with his storyboards. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything like that? I'm not 100% I'm not sure. sure on that. In fact, I think they pitched it with the boards, actually, to Fox. That's how they got the deal. Alien? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. I've, that's why Hoyt, anyway. Would not surprise me. That's another one I haven't seen. Alien? Yeah. You have this fear of aliens. I do. <laughs> that movie would definitely push your buttons. Yeah. <laughs> but I still hold the opinion that it's probably the best film ever made. What? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. It's, it's also favorite. a movie that unfortunately really like uh, I would say <clears throat> supports Nick Ar- Nick's argument of don't treat aliens like people or I mean robots like people. Oh yeah. Oh Fuck yeah. That yeah. Robot. No. <laughs> Fuck that robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The robot named after me. I feel like there's a lot more movies that say do treat robots like people. Yeah, yeah and I'm those just movies saying. are wrong. Fuck <laughs> Bicentennial Man. I don't I don't Anyway. Think... <laughs> anyway. Alien is actually one of the best films ever, Sam. So you really should see it. Yes. Okay. If you make But you me. will be very scared. <laughs> Meh. So yeah, we're we're watching Last Boy Scout, and our director, of course, is Tony Scott, talking a little bit about him. Um, his first big movie was in 86, uh, which was Top Gun, uh, Beverly Hills Cop in 87, Days of Thunder in 1990. So he was with Tom Cruise for a while there. Um, and then this was- They were like dating? Yeah, they were buds. They were best buds. He was like uh, Ben Affleck to Kevin Smith. Or Leonardo DiCaprio to Martin Scorsese, or Russell Crowe to Rid- Ridley Scott. Now, God, I'm so sick of these. There's so so many of those we could go through. Um, but our writer here is, I think, somebody that we've established we're all huge fans of, Shane Black. Uh, we recently watched um, Lethal Weapon on our podcast. Yeah, months ago, not necessarily recently. Yeah, we still need to have you do like a full script reading and 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 get that on on tape because your your reading yeah. of the of the Shane Black is also very very entertaining. Oh man! Well, you know, when we decided on this movie, I immediately searched and found the screenplay for uh for this movie, but it doesn't really start as hot as Lethal Weapon did. So I'm not going to do a reading of it yet. But maybe there will be a scene in the movie that we'll find here in the screenplay. Um, the beginning just starts with a lot of, well, I'm not going to ruin it, but it's just kind of dry material. But we might come back to that screenplay. You know, since we saw Lethal Weapon, I've seen, um, I don't know if it was out before or after that, but I saw Nice Guys, the newest Shane Black movie that he wrote and directed. Did you guys see that? I didn't see that one. I've been hearing good things. You? You you guys haven't seen it, Ash? No, you've been, you've told us about it, and we almost rented it once, but we haven't seen it yet. No. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend that. You know, I I always say that Kubo and the Two Strings is the fastest a movie went from zero to awesome, but The Nice Guys is second place, just from zero to awesome, unbelievably quickly. Check out The Nice Guys. I'm not going to say too much, but I okay. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah. I, for some reason, whenever I hear people talk about that, I, I always think the other guys. <laughs> I know. I yeah. thought that too. Yeah. Different movie. <laughs> yep. I'm learning. So, of course, Shane Black started with Lethal Weapon. Um, so, Lethal Weapon and Monster Squad were the same year, 1987. Then Lethal Weapon. Oh, 2. I think Monster Squad has been suggested to us by somebody. Yeah. Maybe that's worth going back and checking out. I saw the remake of Monster Squad. There was a remake, right? That's the gangster one. Or am I thinking of something else? No, no. Gangster Squad and Monster gangster Squad, Squad are very different. Gangster Squad was terrible. <laughs> Brett. <laughs> Brett, Suicide Sorry. Squad is not the remake of Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> no, Monster Squad is the Wolfman Has Nards movie. Oh, oh God. God. What? It's not about that. That's just like one awesome line. Uh, okay. Uh. But yeah, it was Lethal Weapon, then Monster Squad, then Lethal Weapon 2, then Lethal Weapon 3, 
Then this movie, or actually, no, this came between Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. All right, pop quiz. What hot epi- shot? <laughs> what episode <laughs> of Lethal Weapon do they pop their shoulder? Oh, I think we established oh. that's the second movie. Am I supposed to answer? <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to spoil it for people, but yeah, it's two. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can almost think of this movie as Lethal Weapon 2.5. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Not if Mel Gibson is not in it. I'm actually going to pull on this thread. I'm going to make the case for this being Lethal Weapon 2.5. Naturally, written by the same writer in between Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, I would make the argument, at least at this time, Bruce Willis, Mel Gibson, pretty comparable. And then you've got Damon Wayans. Now, who plays Roger Murtaugh in the new Lethal Weapon TV series? Wait, oh, yeah. Damon Wayans. Rewind. Lethal Weapon TV series? Yeah, you haven't seen yes. it? Yeah. Billboard exists. All around Why? Pretty good, not great, kind of enjoyable. Okay. They don't get rigs right, but Damon Wayans yeah. is Yeah, the music probably sucks too. <laughs> and they, like, the first episode is literally just the movie again. So, but directed by McGee. Is that good? I think it's good, but a lot of people disagree with me. You might disagree with me. Hmm. Is, we'll see. Is I, there like I, I mean, a- I saw the first episode. I wouldn't say that it's bad. It just, I wish that they had like, it's like almost literally shot for shot the movie. So I wish <laughs> that they had like done something different. You know, I just wish they had updated it a bit, but. And they updated it by making Riggs a Texas redneck. What? Nope. Why? Yes. It was, it's that's, a little weird. That's a little too close for comfort considering some of the things Mel said, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no no offense to all the Texas listeners out no, there. No, of we course not. We didn't but, just offend. <sighs> um, so this would be where Bruce Willis really started getting started. Um, Moonlighting was 85 to 89. So he did that then... Both Die Hard, Look Who's Talking, and the sequels to those movies right before this. So those were his big things. Wait, Bruce Willis was in Look Who's Talking? He was the voice of the baby. Ah! Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that can't possibly hold up. That still. song That song from uh, The Labyrinth, You Remind Me of the Babe, that was about Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh All my, God. my life pieces are fitting together. I'd be willing to take that bet that Look Who's Talking holds up. I remember it being a really good movie, actually. Uh, I think it would be fun. It might be worth checking out on this show. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be amazing, but I, I remember it being a pretty pretty good movie. I am I would not be surprised if Bruce Willis as the baby outshines Steve Gutenberg. I mean, you can't not outshine Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> By my trust. Gutenberg and Look Who's Talking? I'm pretty sure. Or is he in, or is he in number three? <laughs> Look Who's Talking Volta Now. was like the... The adult human. What? But it does seem like a Gutenberg type movie. <laughs> I'd have to go though. to the IMDb to confirm that. <laughs> Here's a pop quiz. What Bruce Willis movie have we been talking about and excited about that came out the same year as this movie? I'm guessing Die Hard just because. Nope. That's. Oh, the, the Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk uh, was also uh, 1991. Uh, so this was a good year for Bruce, I think. <laughs> uh, not cri- not critically, but we might. En- I might enjoy Hudson Hawk. I've wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, I I want to say I'm gonna love Hudson Hawk, but it's possible that it wouldn't hold up. I recall enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, I think I've seen it in the past like five years or so. But it's like it holds up in the sense that they were never trying to make a serious film 
I, so, I love good live action cartoons. I love campy pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't think it was ever intended to be like a serious film. I think it's no. all supposed to be lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it is good. It's still funny. Yeah. So then our, our other star here is Damon Wayans, uh, who we, we would have recognized from Earth Girls Are Easy and also <laughs> I'm Gonna Get You Sucka, which were both in 1988. Both fantastic movies. Um, and then in Living Color from 1990 to 94. The That's right. Those sound like movies comedy. that Brett would pick for the end of the podcast. Are those real? <laughs> Are those real? They're both real and amazing. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you sucker is a black exploitation parody. In my opinion, in my opinion, uh let's see. Black Dynamite eclipses it now. <laughs> but it was that. Oh, it's damn funny. <laughs> I and Earth Girls are easy. I feel like I've seen that in TV movie format and I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Damon Wayans, and I wanna say Jim Carrey. What? As these hairy aliens that shave themselves so they look like humans. Oh, my God. And then start chasing Gina Davis. Oh, it's it's grand. Oh, actually, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> it comes yeah. On paper, anyway. It's super good. <laughs> so that's that's what we're up against here. I'm, I mean, Tony Scott and um, Shane Black alone, I think, makes this exciting. But Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans, it seems like a good formula. What, what are we expecting out of this? Uh, Sam, what do you expect? Dick flick. That's my expectation. <laughs> totally. What, what do you expect, Brett? This seems like it's firmly in my enjoyment category of say so. shitty 80s, I guess, nine, you know, whatever yeah. action movies. Uh, Bruce Willis somehow never disappoints and always disappoints <laughs> uh, in, in, in equal measure. Uh, so I'm like, I'm looking forward to it because. Where has he disappointed you? Not not in a in a like I didn't like the movie way, but in a oh, oh this is Bruce Willis doing his like the 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 eyebrow scrunch and like weird faces at everything because he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Um, guns and football, man. Yeah. Do you think his facial expressions are more prominent because he has no hair? So yeah, you're that's just all you more can focus focused. On. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of, I recommend everybody jump on YouTube and check out, I think it's called Everyone Wants to Kill Bruce and <gasps> Everyone Wants to Kill Bruce Part 2. Okay. Everyone Wants to Kill Bruce Part 2 is fantastic. It's just this, somebody has created a new movie with footage from like 20 other movies <laughs> that's oh, about wow. the like the CIA is trying to kill Bruce and hiring all of these crazy characters to- Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I want to see this, yeah. <laughs> so what do you expect, Ash? Um- I expect uh, a dick flick of the 80s action proportions for sure. (laughs) Definitely. Um, I'm excited because I think both Bruce Willis and Damien are great. So I'm excited for that. Damien, sorry, whatever his name is. Whatever. I've never seen his other films. So I was trying to figure out. I definitely recognize his face. Has has he done something recently? Uh, Lethal Weapon. And have you oh, seen right, the any, show. Uh, In Living Color, or was that before your time? I think that was a little before my time. Homie the Clown. But my Wife and yeah. Kids. <laughs> that was the sitcom for ABC. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be enjoyable, but I think 
it might be on the level of the substitute. So mm. that's where I'm going to put it. <laughs> I'm going to say I think it's, but well, of course, I'm going to think it's much better than the substitute. I think it's probably going to be fun. And a mix of Tony Scott and Shane Black means there's going to be some overly dramatic action shit here. Whether that falls down as good or bad, we'll see. But that's what I'm expecting. What, what, do, you, what do you have in mind, Mike? Overly dramatic is not a word that is not a phrase that crosses my mind from the last time I saw the last Boy Scout. Okay, um, it's if anything, uh, the the action is campy, and that's it's very over the top. That's why I loved it, and and uh, you can see what was interesting to me was that it felt, you know it was Lethal Weapon esque. Obviously, they were hiring Shane Black based on the success of that, but you can see him. You can see him slowly inching towards films like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where he get where he gets in where he really gets into the dialogue and rhythm of a classic detective novel. Mm. This is, movie is not a classic detective story by any stretch, but it's fun to see him, you know, giving the his affection for the genre, giving the characters really witty dialogue at times. And I think the story does have a hard on for detectives, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that remind me, I've seen it. You've seen it, Mike. Has anybody else seen Last Boy Scout? I have not. I have not. No. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right, so what do you expect, Bryce? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I have actually never heard of it. Never heard of this movie. All right, so we are going to rewatch The Last Boy Scout and see how we feel about it. Uh, Brett, you checked. Is it available on rental services? It's available on several. Uh, okay. iTunes, Google, and... Those are the two we checked. Okay. <laughs> so we don't know if it's on Netflix, but you might be able to find it. So let's rewatch Last Boy Scout and we'll see you after the break. Riding through the range, I've got my hat on. on. I've got my <laughs> boots on. on. <laughs> Welcome to the early 90s. The, the theme song was pretty great. As you said, Brett, uh, it was like a football anthem by someone who didn't know what football was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At the Friday moment. night is a great night for football. <laughs> Look at them throwing the ball, running football. If that was the actual... Yeah, they're clearly doing the Hank Williams, Are You Ready for Some Football intro. But it, if that was how long the football intro was, nobody would ever watch it. Do you? Oh, okay. But do you remember that intro? It was long. Okay, I'll take your word for it because I would never watch. It football was a whole with. song. I remember there was a Simpsons bit where they did a parody of that, and he like put a football on the grill, and it exploded, <laughs> and that's how the thing started. <laughs> that was that was really good. Well, this wasn't a very good movie, you guys. I'm so glad you said that because if you liked this movie and you didn't like The Substitute, I don't think we could be friends anymore. <laughs> I, I could accept that. No, I, it's amazing how so many ingredients that went into this are things that I and I think most of us love. You know, a Shane Black, Tony Scott movie, Bruce Willis. Yeah. But yeah. And it really fell flat. I even liked the idea of like the daughter coming in and helping out because I, I totally agree with you, sidebar, that you said it was uh, Lethal Weapon 2.0 or whatever. 2.5. I, I definitely see that. I think you're right. It has a lot of those elements. 
And I liked the new direction of, oh, maybe the daughter comes in and helps them out. And I guess she kind of helped them out with her creepy puppet, but it wasn't very like, I feel like they could have done more with her character besides her slipping into the stereotypical damsel in distress. You know, I remembered a lot. I remembered a few campy bits from this movie that I loved. And obviously those stuck in my brain more firmly than the rest of the picture because I too was disappointed. Um, I feel, I feel like if they had more action in this so-called action movie, it might've, you know, as silly as it was, I would have, as silly as it was, I would have loved it. I love straight action and I love funny action. I think there was a lot of action. Yeah. No, there was, there was a lot. Conceived. I would say it was more guys with their dicks out doing tough talk. Oh yeah. It it was male posturing the motion picture. I wanted more of that opening sequence where football players run around shooting each other. That's the one thing I really remembered from this movie. But you've got a car falling in a swimming pool. You've got a dude falling in the blades of a helicopter. You've got all of the guns. Like, I think there was a lot of action. A lot of car chases. But it was only in a few short scenes. It was very compressed. I feel like Bruce Willis spent half of the movie getting punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite things. Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis getting the the shit beat out of them. Like, I love to watch that. I'm into that torture porn. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that's so good at getting the shit beat out of them. Well, isn't torture porn sort of a Joel Silver trademark? I, I wouldn't say. I think Joel Silver is all about action for action's sake and no no story, no spirit. Mm. Joel Silver was the producer on this and and he's- And Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, but both of those are, you know, way more advanced than this shit. My favorite scene though, Nick, is when he's like, touch me again and I'll kill you. And then he pulls the the 15-year-old boy move that 15-year-old boy boys love, the That's shove the I'm nose. That's what talking about. Yeah, you know it's the trademark of a death <laughs> flick if that yeah, happens. Yeah, I said that same thing. Oh my God, I love you so much. As we were watching it, I said, this is Shane Black's version of Who's on First. (laughs) It's, it's, you you get hit in the nose and you die. But did the guy die? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He He dropped his dead. (laughs) But the whole like going through the routine and like looping around and doing the routine, like there was, it was Who's on First. But they, they looped it so many times. Like, like every single Bruce Willis is in a uh, tough spot situation resolves with, (laughs) <laughs> let's hear him out and then like <laughs> enough time for him to, to solve let's the problem humor this asshole. I, yeah. I see that yeah i i feel like we were just watching bruce willis as the worst dad of the year the movie <laughs> that too yeah. that too yeah. like ouch really really bad parenting going on in this film all right let, let me let me take that cue to which i'll respond with exterior la street in shadow of freeway morning we superimpose the legend West Los Angeles, California, December 20. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Welcome to another lackluster morning in Southern California. Palm trees limp, windless silence, 80 degrees at 8 o'clock a.m. Camera cranes down past a huge rotting billboard. On the billboard, a girl in tight jeans grabbing her own butt, a surprised look on her face. Yes, honey, that's your butt. Move in on a tiny, weather-beaten bungalow in the shadow of the 405 freeway. A shingle hangs from the wrought iron post. Joseph R. Hollenbeck, Confidential Investigations. On the lawn, a late-model Plymouth. Sprinklers come to life, fling water across the car. Inside, a lone man is asleep. Arms akimbo, sprawled across the seat. Half-empty bottle of Seagram's, VO on the radio, playing tinny jazz. 
Picture the tiredest, meanest, grouchiest son of a bitch, self-hating loser you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that's that's your character, man. That's your hero. That was more fun to read than watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that perfectly really illustrates is. the problem with this film is I did not give a fuck about any of the characters because they're all assholes, including the person they're trying to save in the end. I'm like, wait, he's an asshole. Just let the guy shoot him. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I do a little bit enjoy this idea of he feels obligated. Like, he's the good guy. He's going to save them even if they're terrible. You know, the guy is fucking his wife and the guy who shut down his career. I kind of like that. But still, everybody, there's nobody you like in this movie. Right. And like, I I just wish, though, like, I wish that we had a fleeting second, except for at the very end of the film. But I wish we had a fleeting second of showing that he actually loved his wife. Because, like, yeah, I, I never got the feeling that he actually loved her. Yeah, he says it at one point. But, like, he treats her kind of like a dick for the whole film. I think Mike I was dirty. in physical pain. I felt dirty with this movie. Yeah, no, I was I was grabbing my face going like, ugh. You know, I mean, I knew there was a scene I hated in the movie. I forgot it was that bad. And then the other guy, he's like, oh, my girlfriend died. And it's like, yeah, your girlfriend that we just saw you cheating on that you clearly don't love. <laughs> like, I just didn't really care for any of these characters and didn't really like have any sympathy for any of them even the daughter the first time we see her she's just like a vile creature you know so I don't like her I don't know I just think that's like a huge flaw in the film is like even the people that he's trying to save are like the worst and I agree with you it's like a great idea but like get me on board with liking the character first and there was pieces yeah. of stuff to get on board with all over the place and i think theoretically the just well, the, out. the yeah. problem for me was that the whole movie is so tonally inconsistent like how do you have uh, uh damon waynes and and a little girl buddy cop flick in the same movie yeah as like a, some dude trying to drown a chick in a pool on his dick like oh yeah my god that, that, that was so a bad. painful scene for me too like how do those exist in the same movie Jesus or the same movie where this guy is like torturing this woman in a bathroom like what the fuck there's this idea of like if you have something horrifyingly misogynistic in a movie that the bad guy is doing i usually make the argument like that's okay because it's the bad guy doing and it's painting the bad guy as the bad guy but i think there were points in this movie where they were taking too much joy in these torturous misogynistic scenes that maybe the filmmakers were a little that guy wasn't even the bad guy yeah. yeah, he was yeah. a minor bad guy. He was yeah, just no. he was just a dick. Yeah, in in a world where everybody's assholes, he's another asshole. No, yeah. What? No. Do you think that's more Shane Black or Tony Scott? Because Shane Black has flashes of that in his work, but Tony Scott is—I would imagine it was him. I think that's a really good question because I love Tony Scott. I love Shane Black. Like everything else I've seen them do, I love. And it makes me feel, if I had to guess, the problem is that this is Shane Black being way too young. Mm, like he yeah. needed some years on him. Lethal Weapon accepted. Like this was the the one of the earliest things he's done. And you know that again, Lethal Weapon was was with a more he. I feel like that's a very 
it's a very amateurish story in some ways, but it's anchored by the direction of Richard Donner. He was, you know, he was see- he was seasoned a seasoned and sensitive professional. Tony Scott was a bit younger, and maybe they got in kind of a macho echo chamber. It's the uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's the it's the Lucasing problem where no one told them no. Yeah, well, nobody told Shane Black no, and Tony Scott, who's just done these crazy sensational commercial work in the past, just said a lot of yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were trying to one up each other with horrific porn violence. You know, I would never say this, but tonight I'm going to watch Lethal Weapon to cleanse my brain. But I mean, like, <laughs> if you think about, well, first off, Lethal Weapon is an amazing movie and it's very good. But second off, if you think about the position that Tony Scott would be in there, he's hired by the studio to direct this film. At this point, the script's already written. You've already been cast. It's not like he, as a director, really would have had a lot of power to take those scenes out because like the, the film actually like the plot of the film really hinges on a lot of those scenes. Unfortunately, you know, I, I'm not going to contradict your point. Cause I'm not sure. But as I was skimming through the screenplay, I was trying to find the scene where he, he's up in the lights in the stadium and he shoots the guy and then he falls in the helicopter blades and couldn't find it. Now I need to spend some more time with the screenplay to find that scene or maybe it wasn't there and maybe they amped it up during production. I mm. maybe maybe we're talking about different things cuz I think that was the coolest part in the entire movie. Me too. <laughs> um, well, it, was, it was so I over think, the top. I loved it. The I rest think, of the film yeah. was just pain uncomfortable though. I'm talking about the like women torture porn scenes like No, of that, course. I, unfortunately, the plot like so hinged on those that there's nothing Tony Scott really could have done to like but, take but that out. But the thing out. is it's like there's there's a difference between like we already knew what was happening before they showed it. True. Yeah. Then they showed it. Like there are other ways to show exa- to have those plot points without being a torture porn. Without being indulgent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they took a little too much joy in showing us stuff that was just really horrifying. And everybody, I think the problem too is like every other character was okay with it. Like, like well, the other guard, like the, the other guard. Well, there's oh, there's the one guy, the savior guy, that's not okay with the misogynistic, you know, whatever torture that's going on. But nobody else stops it either. Yeah. So it's not like a villain thing where j- just the villain is doing it, you know, away from people who could stop him because he knows it's wrong. They're doing it out in the open where people are aware of what they're doing and nobody else stops it, which makes it so much worse. I think we're left with the feeling that it's just a gross world. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a gross world. Like Sin City, which Bruce Willis was in later, but he was one of the less gross people. (laughs) But he was less gross in that than this. I mean, that takes some doing. You know, the one thing they got right, though, is the NFL is a terrible organization. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Lethal Weapon, did you notice they were watching Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> that, was yeah. that was that was a shame. I, I feel like why somebody... do you not like Lethal Weapon? What is why is there so much Lethal Weapon bashing going on here? <laughs> I God. actually do. I actually do enjoy it. I just meant it's a shame that they had to use it to stand up on. <laughs> And they were like piggybacking off of that movie. Like, okay, here's the here's the girl watching her favorite movie, which I also wrote. <laughs> I feel like well, somebody, whether it was Tony Scott or a studio executive, saw Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and said, "I want to do that. I want to play in that sandbox." I don't think I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's weird or unusual for 
a filmmaker to put references to their other films in their films. I mean, look at Pixar. They do that all the time. Although that is a funny thought, like the in the writing, like, you know, this this daughter would really rather be watching Lethal <laughs> Weapon than be a part of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that- I think Mike's point is that it's a little on the nose. Like yeah. there's ways to do it a little subtly. And then there's the way they did it, which was like. It wasn't subtle. It was very obvious. I, we, we can I move think, away from that. We have. Yeah, I think Ash flipped me on this one. Is <laughs> I, I think it's totally like Bruce Willis lives a life inspired by Riggs. Yeah. You see so many monster movies where, and, and I, like even Iron Giant, like in the beginning, they're watching, you know, some of the universal horror movies on TV <laughs> or an iron giant. He's watching one of those like brain in a jar movies, Yeah, you know, and they, they kind of set the tone by making a nod to the movies that inspired the movie we're watching now. The one bit where I said, I'm, Hey, I'm going to like this movie was early on when uh, Bruce Willis and Damon Wayne started, you know, started actually talking to each other in the police's office after, after Corey got iced. I thought that was actually, they had some chemistry there. The one moment where they got along in the whole movie was like that tunnel scene when they're in the car and Damon was like, I like Prince. And Bruce is like, ah. yeah. this could have been a more friendly movie, even if it was still vicious, vicious and tough, but it wasn't. It was just ugly. Like yeah, you said, it, it did at least have some, some character building and some character growth and relationship stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying that saves it. That that Prince moment is 100% a trailer shot. <laughs> you know, oh, that funny guy, Damon Wayans, who you love on In Living Color, he's in this movie, but he doesn't do anything funny. All right, let's get him do his Prince thing so that we can have something in the trailer that's funny. Also, the being thrown off the overpass. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay, that super goofy, like, I'm okay. And then like, <laughs> yeah. face plant. What was yeah. with his clothing in this movie? Like, what was that hat with like a tassel on it? He looked like he just graduated from like cowboy hat. school or something. <laughs> yeah, the, it was from Toy Story. It's uh, Jesse's hat from Toy Story. No, wait, wait. You're no, talking I'm talking about, about the, the one he wore that looks like a fez, but it had like this long yeah. tassel. In the club, he was wearing a fez. And then later like he wears, hat. yeah, later he wears like this ridiculous cowboy jacket that he puts another jacket over that jacket, which is just ridiculous. Well, see also Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or like so many movies in or TV shows in the 90s. Did everyone wear cowboy jackets? Is that a thing? No, but they wore some ridiculous shit in the 90s. I imagine some like crazy anime moment where like he puts on the second jacket and then like someone from the side is just like, oh my God, double jacket. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? And what was with the jig? I'm sorry. I just. Well, if they were going for catchphrase, they failed. But if they were going for camp, I liked it. (laughs) Well, it just felt like so obviously like set up in a previous scene, like out of nowhere, he's just like. If we if we kill this guy, I'm gonna do a jig, and it was just like Bryce and I looked at each other and we were like, "What? Why? Why did he just say that?" At which point, I literally said, "That's gonna be the shitty last shot of this movie." And you were right; it was because it's a dick flick. It's a dick flick. Yeah. It's a dick flick. Sam, I want to I want to acknowledge <laughs> something that you you mentioned in the very beginning of the movie. If you're trying to rig a game and pressure <laughs> a combatant in that game to make the the bets that you're making successful, you want that person to throw the game. You want them to intentionally lose the game. Yeah. It's real hard for somebody to intentionally win the game. I'm just throwing that out there. 
Like, yeah. we fixed this game, so you better win. Well, I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> That's what they're there to do. It's not... You're right. It's the harder way to go by far. Yeah. Before it turned into a suicide, and like the phone call was like, you better win by any means. And then he pulls out a gun and starts shooting people. I was like, that's not what he meant. (laughs) (laughs) That was also like the least threatening voice on the phone. He was just like, yeah, so you better start, you know, making some touchdowns. (laughs) <laughs> or, or else. It was passive aggressive, okay. <laughs> But that is the scene that really stuck in my memory. A guy pulling a gun on a football field and shooting people. I like the lo- the, the original line better when when the football player uh not when the football player bumps himself off. He says before he pulls the trigger, I'm going to Disneyland. Right. Yes, yes, yes. There's yes. some nice dark sports humor right there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I feel like his because what he said is later echoed by Damon, you know, where he says, like, isn't life a bitch? He pretty much almost says the same thing. And there is a whole scene about life sucks. It, it really, he didn't say ain't life a bitch. He said life sucks. Plant, payoff, fail. I don't think it was a plant or payoff. I just think that was the tone of the movie that they were going for. It wasn't really like. Yeah, every moment of every scene, everybody was just like, well. I mean, I guess we can keep trying to stop the bad guys because I... I I I guess we're good. (laughs) I've got nothing else to do today. My schedule is open. So I want to see this movie in the alternate universe where the daughter shoots all the bad guys with her puppet gun instead of the dad. Oh my God, I was expecting it. The the gun and the puppet was not a surprise at all. No. What I was wondering is like, is the kid going to start shooting Uh, That should have happened. Totally. But that, I bet they tried to make that happen and there's some studio executives who shot that down. The S&P. That would be So to speak. There, There is an entire reel on the floor of the cutting room that was just like an awesome... Uh, uh, fucking Bruce Willis' daughter blowing away all the bad guys. Because wasn't with it cat gun? Wasn't it not until like Kick Ass that that sort of thing, you know, started? We started seeing that in cinema because Kick Ass like, was the girl who started. You know, it was. I felt like at, when that movie came out, it was a pretty like whoa. There's a little kid kicking ass. You know, that was kind of a new. Yeah. But again, the movie doesn't the movie. I haven't seen Kick Ass myself, but I kind of got the vibe from the trailer from what people were telling me rather that the movie was also addressed the topic of violence against kid among kids. It wasn't like this movie where it's just, Oh yeah. Football guns. Right. I'm just saying yeah. until that point in cinema history, that sort of thing was not really happening. Yeah. It might've been battle Royale followed by kick ass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Battle Royale. Yeah. But that would have been... But that's not American... I mean, that's not American filmmaking. If you look at Japanese filmmaking, like I bet you Battle Royale isn't even the first time we've seen that in Japanese film industry. Yeah, I still feel like Battle Royale has not caught on here with the way that... Hunger Games. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that too. So I want to talk about one of my (laughs) biggest problems with most action movies that... We've discussed on this show before. The car exploding? When cars get in accidents, yes. they always explode. And <laughs> this movie, it was full the of car it. with C4 in it did not explode. <laughs> what <laughs> but, the hell? But the one in a pool of water did explode. I thought that it had a bomb in it too. Yeah, yeah, the whole pool. Oh God. Yeah. The whole pool did, yeah. I thought that one had C4 in it too, or did I miss something? There was a car with <laughs> C4 that somebody shot and then exploded. 
No, yeah, I, because okay. Bruce Willis specifically that's, engineered that to happen. Yeah, that's much earlier in the movie. Like, if somebody asked me, like, open the trunk, I wouldn't shoot the trunk. I just walk around to the driver's side, and pull the lever. Like, yeah. why would you shoot the trunk? Yeah, but you're not in male posturing the motion picture. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you open a trunk in male posturing like, the motion. How picture. are you certain that's gonna even open the trunk? Yeah, you just put like a hole in the lock, and now it's never gonna open. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just shoot the door off. Waste four bullets. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to see the film where somebody tries to shoot a lock off or like chop a lock off and it just doesn't work. And they're like, it worked in the movies. I didn't. I'm sure I've seen that once, but I'll have to get back to you on what movie that was. Yeah, right. I've seen a lot of shooting padlocks and then they open. That happens a lot in movies. Yeah. No one ever thinks the bullets are going to bounce back. anywhere yeah. dangerous. Ow, my face! It's also like video game logic, too. So this movie was just full of this, like, quote-unquote witty banter that's supposed to be hilarious. I was uh. wrong. But there was one moment that just slayed me. I thought it was the funniest thing ever and not – I don't think – it was funny in the way they intended it to be funny. Oh, it was funny it by how bad and insulting it was. Oh, God. It was, danger's my middle name. Mine's, Mine's Cornelius. Cornelius. Yeah. That <laughs> dropped me. We all died. That was, that was amazing. Too good. And it was funny because it's funny how much you think that's funny, screenwriter. <laughs> that's what got me. I don't like remember the, that. <laughs> Oh, like, it's worth the a super rewatch. serious dad joke. Right. Yeah. Man, I gotta be <laughs> honest. It was so hard to even pay attention. It was, yeah, I was, it was just so bored. I mean, I was trying to pay attention, but it was, it was fractured, you know, cause like I did, like you guys were saying, it's totally inconsistent. It's not clear where it's going. It does not like they, they lead you on cool adventures and then snatch them away from you. Yes. But <laughs> like I think the, there's a fascinating experiment here because it would be tough to describe the difference between this and The Nice Guys, Shane Black's most recent movie. I, I don't want to say too much, but there's just a lot of similarities in the scenarios and the characters and the way things are written. And I think it's a fascinating example of a guy 25, 30 years later where it's like I can see he's matured and he's doing a much better version of that. I would It would be very interesting to watch these two side by side. Is there Clearly football written. involved? Because no football. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Thank I, God. I adored Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because it felt like such an old school detective story, and, and you know, and it had. But again, he had the maturity to treat the characters like people. You know. Yeah, you could really see the influence of old school detective, even sort of film noir in like the lighting in this film and the cinematography. And I, I love the dark lighting. Yeah. As it was. <laughs> I mean, I thought the lighting was, and the cinematography was much better than I expected. Yeah. I made the comment at one point where it was just like, even the brightest lit uh, environments in this are pitch black. Yeah. That was a little rough, but they clearly had a vision and, and I respect that they had a vision. They stuck with it and Definitely executed that vision. The only scene that happened in the sunlight was the scene where Damon got thrown off the overpass. No, there's the scene yeah. where they first find the tape at. Oh at yeah, yeah, girls. at her apartment too. Yeah, but there's not many. There, there were sunny things like in the morning when they walk out of the house, and then the guy's car blows up. But it's all that very extreme LA sunrise. That's yeah, super orange. Yeah, turn yeah. up the contrast. Yeah, yeah. So even the daylight has this incredible intense style to it 
that mm-hmm. makes you feel like it was dark. Did they have, because in the script you read, you read that there was an overlay letting you know that it was in LA. Did they have that in the film? Did I miss that? I don't remember seeing Cause that. Because I honestly I, didn't know they were in LA until like halfway through the film when they mm-hmm. said it. I felt like I was hyper aware of LA. Yeah. And maybe that's just because it felt so much like Lethal Weapon. Mm. I think they it's also, to oh. the I think it's to the football game like over and over they're like LA Stallions. Yeah. LA yeah, Stallions. The LA. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're in LA. They could be at an away game. Uh, for and the that, game, but that means everyone who's associated with the team is based in LA. But like also we didn't really get to any of those characters until halfway through the film either. So like the beginning of the film felt very disconnected until much later. The whole movie felt disconnected, man. But it wasn't until they like went to her apartment and somebody said like, oh, she lives on Melrose. And I was like, oh, okay. But the way it was like lit outside of the strip club and the rain and everything. I was like, this is in LA, you know, like that's what I said. <laughs> Way I too think much it's rain. the rain that, that yeah. throws you yeah. off the scent. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, they better be at an away game. Cause we all know it does not rain in LA. Right. I don't yeah. have enough data points to back this up, but f- since I was a child, I've had this thought where it was just like every, every movie, everything is wet. And that's how you know it's a serious thing. <laughs> that's I, how you know it's, it's a, a real way, cop. From- like it doesn't have to be raining, but like s- before they started shooting, somebody threw a bucket of water on yeah. the ground. And yeah. like, I think that's really standard. Like they will literally wet concrete yeah. for, for nighttime shots. And I think it gives it a more visual depth. It's the con- makes yeah, concrete. But it's hard to sell LA contrast. when there's water. Yeah, I thought I thought it was yeah. like New York or something. I've seen movies that take place in LA where they don't wet the concrete and it still looks noirish. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. I mean, you you get that from the from the way the buildings are laid are laid out because you know what everyone knows that in L- who's seen a movie knows in LA there's urban sprawl. You know, it's like like uh, like our buddy uh, Richard says uh, that LA is a desert. There, you know, there's yeah, no, there's yeah. no water here. True, but they, I mean, from a filmmaking perspective, it's like they just showed it was raining. Yeah, I think they're yeah. trying to be consistent. <laughs> this is re- reminds me of Lethal Weapon, where it was just like we want to have a fight scene in the rain, but we can't make it rain. Yeah, let's, turn so let's on just the have them like fight, yeah, fight in the sprinklers. <laughs> let's have them hose each other down. There's what? nothing more LA than people running sprinklers at night. That's let true. Me, let me ask you guys, for the filmmaker in you. We've talked about all the things in this film that can use improvement. Now, if you were offered the basic premise of the film, two detectives go to sniff out intrigue in the NFL, and you were given the chance to write it the way, you know, with decent characters, would you do it? You're asking, is there a seed of a good movie here? Yeah, I would lo- I would love to, you know, tackle it the right way myself. I, I think there could be some good stuff. You know, that that turn towards the end of like, Oh, I'm not going to tell the police. I'm going to tell the mob because you're in more trouble. Oh, God, yes. I think there's some potential good ideas here. I wish that wasn't a lie. I wish there was more like, yeah, I totally wish that was the plot of the movie. Was that like Bruce Willis was way more like the the uh, moral middleman instead of just the only person who's Mm. trying to do good in this? Yeah. I mean, I think to answer that question, I would say no, I wouldn't because- this movie has already been made 
and it's been made over and over again. You know, like this first. It's, There's no new idea. Yeah, like you said, it was Lethal Weapon 2.0, and like since then, we've also seen this movie over and over again. So it's just like the idea, the the simple idea that if you boil it down, there isn't really. There's nothing new or original in this film, you know. It's there's one thing that I like. One little, one little detail is that um, he's working to avenge and or save people who are horrible people because it's the right thing to do. Because, and I like the detail, he worked for Secret Service. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, "Oh, he saved the president's life." I can't help but thinking, which president? You know, is saving the president. Okay, I'm going down a weird path here. You know, a a secret service man would always save the president no matter what they thought of that president, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like this idea of a guy who's like, it's the right thing to do, whether they're an asshole or not. And I think a secret service guy is a good backstory for that character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm (laughs) there with you. But then you need to play the film completely completely differently for me to get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Different film. I'm just saying there's one little nugget but, but I liked. But I would like to see that played with more in movies, yeah. I think it'd All be right. more interesting oh. if he wasn't a Secret Service agent, actually. I think that's too obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I agree with you, though, Nick, that I think that that is, like, that could be an interesting perspective. I feel like I've seen that before, though, in films. I, I'm thinking of a film like, specifically like a, where that was a character. Sounds like a Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> yeah, or even like, like the Marvel. Kevin Costner play that character? Like even mm. the Marvel movies, like I feel like we've kind of seen that yeah. note with some of the characters there before. Where yeah. But again, it was like, oh, like the core, like it was like a core memory thing where like the, in this movie, they couldn't decide which of the flashbacks was the one that was determining his thing. Was it the, <laughs> yeah, the which memory of the, the hooker getting beat up or was it the... His Secret president. Service thing, yeah, and they, like you, they don't, there doesn't need to be two in this movie. Yeah, yeah. nope. Well, one yeah. established why he was awesome, and the other established why he had a downfall. Yeah. But they were both awesome. And in Marvel movies, <laughs> Marvel movies are entertaining and loaded with action uh, to varying degrees. You know, I only, I only saw a few that I loved, but they, but they're not afraid to tackle the issue of responsibility and civic duty head on. You know. This movie needed a little, just just a just a smidgen, just a teaspoon of responsibility. Yeah, that. <laughs> conscience. Yeah. yeah, respectability. Yeah, I mean, or, or 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 like a clear definition of what that was to the main character. Like yeah. the the character that I think of when I think of that scenario is actually like Superman. And feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, Nick, because I know you know way more about Superman than me. But, you know, Superman strikes me as that character that he's always going to do. He's lawful good. You know, he's always going to do the right thing, even if it means saving an evil person. And, you know, sometimes Batman, too, is kind of he's very lawful good. So it's I I feel like that idea. Yeah, you're definitely right. Like Characters like that will always save people no matter what. Mm hmm. Except unless you're making uh, Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I, I guess I kind of like the idea of somebody who's haunted and destroyed by that. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. his life was just destroyed because he was trying to be that guy. Yeah, I guess yeah. I not, wish not the- he lost more than just his job. Yeah. 
It's not, weird to start a movie with this disgusting detective guy who's not already divorced. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, just isn't like... is that where we need to start? It's like, okay, you lost your job, but you're still kind hmm. of doing the same line of work. And it doesn't seem that bad, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I guess generally there wasn't a lot of love for this movie. Um I don't really have much to say for my final thoughts. I think I've kind of said what I wanted to say. But I am sure glad that Shane Black made awesome movies after this. Yeah. I like his I like his <laughs> He style. definitely grew up. Yeah. Sam, Bullshit. do you have any final words? Um <clears throat> Maybe just that my initial assessment was way more right than I ever thought it could be. Oh, man, yeah. It, it, it was way more of a dick flick than I ever thought possible. It might be the dick flick. Yeah. 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 So, wow. I guess I'm just impressed. Like, it had all of the elements of dick flick. What do you think, Brett? Your favorite movie? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you thought about it. it. took the time to puzzle that out. Yeah, it's. I think you you had it best when there's there's so many things that all of us should have liked in this movie, uh, actors, writers, That's so weird, uh, th- even some themes, but this was just awful, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's it's great to see like I, I think historically it's the 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 Shane Black jumping off point like. Yeah, I think that's the best summary. It's just like it makes sense. Like you had, he had to be somewhere at one point, and this was that place. Yeah, we we were all young ones. Yeah, (laughs) what would you think, Ash? I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got to say. Yeah, that's all it deserves. All right, Mike, did you have any any final words? The the few action, the few consistently paced action scenes that we had, kind of made it. You know, were the one redeeming quality of the film for me. And I mean, I love, I love campy action. I just, I want more of it back because nowadays action movies are really serious, but this movie was trying to be serious in a different direction and it failed completely. So, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to watch a movie like this, you know, for for me, I like the, I like to be rooting for the good guy in an action film. So what'd you think, Bryce? Did not like it. All right. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks for joining us for Let's Rewatch. So, Mike, if we wanted to check out some uh, some of your artwork, um, we would check you out on Tumblr, Twitter. Where are we going? Instagram? Instagram, indeed. Uh, Instagram slash Mike Polinsky, spelled M-I-K-E-P-E-L-E-N-S-K-Y. Woo-hoo. And we're going to see some of your original stories there as well. Um, you won't see my stories so much. I'm develop- I am developing... Uh, stuff on the side, but where you can watch stories, of course, that I've written is on Mighty Magiswords on Cartoon Network. Gabe Del Valle and I will have our episodes on maybe in a couple months. We'll see. We'll see what order they start coming out. Yeah, and you've got your shorts on uh, t- uh, Tumblr too, Mike Polinsky. Damn straight. Yeah, check out Batman versus Superman Flying Lessons if you want to see uh, Superman teach uh, teach an eager childish Batman how to fly. It doesn't go well. cool so that's it for this episode of let's rewatch if you like the show this is part of the last dash tv network of content uh we've got this podcast and a youtube channel last dash tv where we've got a drinking show with me and ash getting super drunk uh we've got cooking show and video game parodies and other things sometimes other things 
And if you liked this show, you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Rewatch. And um, we also do fun things on Twitter, like I'll tweet a picture of the film we're watching, one we're watching and recording, and see who can guess the film. And this time, Mitchipedia guessed it first with The Last Boy Scout, and then Sloppy Pony, which is a questionable Twitter name. Um, <laughs> Greg Bond. Uh, and, of course, good old Ralph guessed it as well. So thanks, guys. Thanks for letting us know. Nobody got it wrong this time. Maybe I posted too easy of a picture. I don't know. But um, you can al always tweet at us your movie suggestions. We got to start doing some more suggestions from fans. So send us in yeah. your suggestions. And Sam's got a nice little list she's keeping track now it's all like official bam and if you loved us or hated us please give us a review on itunes or google play music and make sure you share us with your friends all right thanks again for joining us mike my pleasure <laughs> and be sure to keep your subscriptions up to date every two weeks look for another episode of let's rewatch yeah next time we're going to be watching my brother talks to horses. Oh. <laughs> Is this movie written by the Bim Bam? <laughs> or the horse? My brother, my brother, and my horse. Yeah. <laughs>